0: For those of you listening to us on our podcast feed, welcome to our live draft coverage. We have been going for let's see, it's eight o'clock my time. It started four o'clock. We started early. We've been going for about four hours and forty-five minutes so far. We're still going strong. We don't give up. We are as I speak. We just saw pick number eighty-nine off the board, which is Deontay Foreman to the Texans. My favorite player in the draft. As much for off-field as on. We'll get to him in a second. What we're going to do to finish up our coverage here, guys, is we are still going to uh, cover picks as they come in. We're not going to spend out a, a lot of time on each individual pick because we'd also like to recap what's happened so far in the second and third rounds. And we're going to try to maybe work our way a little bit through uh, through a mock uh, just to kind of see what people are thinking about the rankings so far. Maybe through the top, uh, you know, ten or 12, or twelve or fifteen picks in rookie drafts. And that's something we can maybe finish up even after the coverage if need be. So. Let's have a little bit of catch-up first. The last player we talked about was Kareem Hunt, who we all agreed is probably the greatest running back in NFL history. Mm-hmm. Now let's uh, <laughs> let's talk about Davis Webb to the Giants. Uh, Nick is kind of our quarterback guy. Webb got a little bit of play as a potential late first-round pick on Thursday. There was some talk of that because he scored a $9 million on the Wonderlick and interviewed well and all of that stuff. Um, I'm not. I'm not going to pretend to be nearly the expert on quarterbacks that you are, Nick. But I don't see it with this guy at all. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I think he's a little bit. He got hyped too, too much. Um, I, I don't mind his arm. Uh, I think. I think his. You know, there's times when he shows some pretty good touch. I don't think necessarily he has a cannon, but I don't think it's super. You know, weak either. Um, I definitely. You don't have a huge platform. I mean, you have. Um, you know, golf was just there. So, you know, the system is kind of a, a question mark with him. Um, you know, he, he was decent at the Senior Bowl as well. But, you know, I think his best trade is maybe his accuracy. Um, you know, footwork, uh, they were kind of showing some of that on air that people could see. I, I didn't really like his footwork either. Um, overall, not a not a big fan. However, if we want to talk about, you know, the landing spot. It's a pretty good landing spot. I mean, it's a third round pick for a guy that, you know, was talked about as a first. I mean, for sure, maybe a, a late second, and he went to the third to a team that has a really aging quarterback. We talked about with, they surround him with weapons. We talked about that on the, the first day. Dan and Matt, uh, and Bill and Doug can, can agree to that. Where we're like, well, they need to surround Eli to make a run. Well, maybe they want Webb to develop to kind of take over with all those young weapons.
0: Those of you who do Superflex Leagues, is there any reason to, to click on on uh, Davis Webb's name before like the third round, sometime or or even then,
2: yeah, it's, gonna, uh, it's probably going to be the fourth round for yeah, for a guy yeah, like okay. you know, him. And that's the kind of leagues, only the kind of leagues where you can stash a guy on a taxi that's a rookie that you can real do super deep leagues where you are developing talent. And and most quarterbacks are owned probably probably two quarterback leagues, not even super flexed.
0: All right. We'll get to Deontay Foreman in a second here. Let's let the IDP guys chime in. I guess for those of you who are listening on the podcast, I maybe could have introduced everybody that's uh, that's on here. I am uh, Jeff Miller. We have Nick Whalen and Dan Myler, who host the DLF podcast. You've already heard their voices. Also a DLF podcast person, we have Matt Price. We have uh, Nathan Powell of the uh, Dino Tradecast over on Rotoviz Radio. And then from our IDP crew that does work on our IDP podcast, we have Doug Green, who stepped away for a few minutes. And we have our good friend Bill Latin who, uh, who's who been doing outstanding work tonight. So, Bill, since Doug has stepped away for a second, why don't you take the floor? We have three defensive picks to cover real quick. We have uh, Eddie Vanderdoes. <laughs> I'm terrible with this. Defensive tackle to the Raiders. Then we have uh, Shaquille Griffin to the Seahawks. He's a defensive back out of Central Florida. And just picked fresh off the board to the Rams, John Johnson, the safety out of Boston College.
3: Yeah, Vander Dust uh, is intriguing in defensive tackle required leagues. He's a guy that's big 6'3, 305. Um, you know, he's he's fast enough for that size. Um, I think that he, he walks into a situation where he's going to get a lot of playing time. Um, the other two guys, I mean, they're, they're depth picks and we're, we're getting at the point now where in particular with teams that have their starting rotation, pretty set, they're looking for projects. They're looking for depth guys. I don't, I don't see much in, in IDP assets in either of those other guys.
0: All right. Fair enough. So let's talk about somebody that I think we absolutely see some assets in. Uh, I just got done saying that uh, that I, I joked at the top here that Kareem Hunt is the best running back in the NFL. I was just teasing. Uh, he's a guy that that I rather like, and I think maybe is kind of at that tail end of the first round consideration with Kansas City. Another guy I really like. Uh, he was my RB five in this class coming into into the draft is Deontay Foreman. Uh, Foreman is is a running back I really like. I, I don't think he's perfect or complete by any measure. Uh, I think he can do everything well enough. In the right spot, and uh, whether the right spot is the Texans or not is up for debate yet. Uh, I feel like he can definitely be a low end RB one. It's pretty tough alongside Lamar Miller. Uh, think whatever you want about Miller. That's a pretty tough spot. Um, so I guess Nick is shaking his head at me. So is it that you don't like Foreman or you don't like the landing spot, Nick?
1: Both. I, I don't. Okay. It, it doesn't make sense to me. I think that. Uh, Foreman needs a good offensive line. I don't know the Texans have that great of an offensive line because when a hole is there, Foreman has a full head of steam and can open up, and he's got he's got solid speed for a back that thick. But when he needs to make cuts and use his vision and make guys miss, he's terrible. He's not a creator. Uh, when he has to stop his feet, he, I mean, he runs into back alignment. I, I'm, he fumbles some too. I, I'm not really a big fan of him. I think that him landing there, I don't know what his role is. Maybe he'll get some goal line carries. Uh, Miller's kind of locked in there. I don't know that he's even going to be a full-time starter. Even if Miller was gone, I think that he's not a player that's going to hold on a starting job for very long. I'm, I'm just not a big fan of him overall. I think he's been fairly overrated thus far.
0: I mean, my initial reaction here, Nick, is he's lost his spot as my RB five in this class with this landing spot. So I'm at least with you on that regard. Do we have any, uh, do we have any Foreman supporters here? Is there anybody that's kind of with me on Foreman as a player, uh, you know, kind of independent of the situation?
3: Yeah, I was, I was team Foreman and, uh, I really hate this landing spot. Uh, Miller signed through 2020. They have an out in 18, but it would cost them, you know, a fairly, a large amount of money. And, um, I don't know. I, I do think that Miller has disappointed a bit compared to what they thought he was going to be. Um, you know, he's still obviously talented and athletic, but I think that this could turn into more of a traditional timeshare. This could turn into a Tevin Coleman, Deonta Foreman, or excuse me, uh, Freeman situation where, you know, you're, you're getting a 60 40 split. So I think that's best case scenario for Deonta Foreman. I think that's the best case is that it turns into some type of a timeshare.
0: I, I definitely, think- yeah, I, I'm with you there. Just one thing here real quick, Nick, or Nick, Matt, and I'll turn it over to you guys, and I'll, I've will i said my piece. Uh, I, I think this does hurt Miller's upside. You know, he was a guy that I had said coming into this season, coming into the season was going to be uh, a kind of a value pick on attrition alone, just the amount of touches he was going to get. And I just, I, I see the touches upside maybe taking a bit of a hit here as much as anything. All right, go ahead, buddy. I was just going
4: to say that I think he's a player who could easily be in the doghouse. You know, he might not hurt Miller as much as we think he fumbled every once, every 74 touches. Yeah. So that is not good. That could get him in the, in the doghouse pretty early. And uh, a a coach like Bill O'Brien, like I don't, I don't, he doesn't seem like the type of guy who's going to put up with that stuff. So I think he's going to be used to keep Lamar Miller fresh, but I don't, I really don't see a big role for him here. And I think it really
0: hurts both guys. (laughs) All right, I've said my foreman piece. I am going to step away for a moment and take a quick break. Uh, Matt is going to take over as hosting duties, and I'm sure you guys are all in very capable hands. I'll be back shortly.
4: <laughs> so we've got a pick coming in for Dallas here. I don't think it's actually come through yet. Um, but uh, let's start organizing our players, if you guys have those down somewhere, so we can maybe do some kind of uh, mock here at the end pretty quickly. I've got my top 15 guys sorted out pretty well. Um, I don't know if you, how you guys feel about that. Nick, uh, how you feeling about your, your uh, placement with the rookie so far?
1: Sorry, I was muted. I, I have 15 down, and I'm just kind of working through them and seeing if I want to reorder them. But, yeah, I have, I have 15 ranked right now. Cool. Sounds like we are good to
4: go. Dan, you feel comfortable, Nathan? Yeah, I'm good. Yep, yeah, I'm good. So let me ask you this, Nathan. Uh, out of all of the players, uh, whose landing spot do you like the best out of all of the all of the players we've had here like did any of them go to the one you actually wanted them to go to
5: as far as uh overall or tonight? overall
4: yeah like across all positions any any like landing spot for any of the skill positions that we care about for fantasy that that may have went to an ideal landing spot that you were looking for them to go to uh before the draft
5: for me i i often try and play devil's advocates. So like, i tried to poke holes in the Corey davis landing spot last night but for me, that that is by far the the best landing spot for the best player, and he ends up being locked in at one hundred and one. We'll, we'll see. We'll see in our mock if he ends up going there. But uh, I definitely love uh, the marietta Davis combo.
4: Yeah, I, I feel you. There. That's where I have him too. I think he's kind of. I think he was the safest player for me going into the process, and I think he is is still there. So, Dan, you got any thoughts about landing spots? Uh, was there any ideal ones that you that actually happened and uh, actually played out in the actual draft?
2: Uh, the Davis one, obviously, is, is really the best one. The one I didn't like was McCaffrey, and we talked about that last night. You, you and I did uh, kind of disagreed on that. And and I, I love the Mixon landing spot. I think that's ideal. I think he moved up in my rankings. I, I was a little concerned about him maybe slipping in the draft and not having that draft capital associated with him. But when he went tonight, where he went, that puts him solidly in that top four for me.
4: Yeah, I I missed the discussion on that. I had to have some dinner with my wife, so she doesn't. Uh, <laughs> I haven't really talked to her in the last uh, you know sixteen hours since I've been home because I've been doing draft stuff. Um, so I had to have dinner with her, so I missed that discussion. But I like it too. Like it, I think it's bad for. I feel like it, he's going to do the same thing. He's going to he's going to fill both roles. Like both Geo and and uh, uh, Jeremy Hill are are in trouble there. Like I think he can be the the three down back there, and maybe uh, Geo gets relegated to like. You know, third down work occasionally or like or during like a two minute offense kind of thing, because he's going to think he's going to be maybe a little bit better there. But uh, Jeremy Hill, man, are are we just going to pour one out for this guy? He actually did. But he played nice on Twitter. I saw uh, just on a headline that came across the screen here on TV and said that he was welcoming him to the family, obviously. But, um, man, I don't know what that does for, for him at all on uh, Mixon that I missed or that uh, you wanted to reiterate? Or how about landing spot? Uh, Did you have a favorite of any of of the players across all positions?
3: I was a big fan of Deshaun Watson. I think that, you know, as quarterbacks go, that I think that he landed in in as good of a situation as you can land in. Anytime you're you're a quarterback and you land on a team that has an above average defense, that helps out a ton. And then there's weapons around him. Uh, I really like that landing spot quite a bit.
4: Yep, I agree. Um, well, let's see. Uh, let's go to Bill again. We have a pick for the Packers, defensive tackle Montravius Adams. You know, the Packers kind of had holes everywhere, including along the defensive line. So. I don't really know anything about this guy, but Bill, uh, educate
3: us. He's big and fast for his size, 304, 6'3". He ran a four eight eight forty, which is pretty fast for a guy that size. Um, Out of Auburn, big, huge program, very, very high motor. This is a great fit for the Packers. He's going to go in day one and start. And uh, this this is a really, really awesome way to solidify that line. I think that this is one of the better picks that they've made. Um, I, I really like it a lot.
4: Nice. And it looks like we missed somebody, right? Uh, uh, yeah, like Jordan Lewis.
3: Yeah, yeah. Quarterback Jordan Lewis, he's a little undersized 510 188 he, Uh, he was v- very low on my board. So again, when you talk about these corners, um, it's literally the hardest, uh, position to grade out and to, to kind of, you know, get your feel for you ask 10 different guys and you're going to get 10 different, uh, rankings, you know, one to 10. So I'm not real high on him, but, uh, you know, he, he, uh, he has a little bit of versatility, but I I just don't think that uh, it's a great fit there.
4: So is there anyone that that we're missing here? Is there any, anyone that's still falling that we're excited about a landing spot with, um, in terms of running backs or receivers, especially, I think uh Gallman's still on the board there. I, th- I still think he needs to, to go somewhere. I think there's uh, some openings there. Brian Hill had a lot of p- publicity, um, you know, in the pre-draft process. I like Jamal Williams a lot. I feel like he could have uh, been like th- went to the same spot, Kansas city, like uh Kareem hunted and been just as good there. Um, so I guess uh, Samaji P Ryan, I guess we got to talk about, right. He was a lot of guys, number five back in the process and he's still on the board. Um, do you guys have any favorites that are still on
1: the board that you uh, would like to see go soon here in the in the in the fourth round? Uh, mine's Wayne Gallman because yep. he's a guy that I, I like a lot. I think he's a better football player than an athlete. He cuts really well. Clemson's offensive line was really bad, and he still performed well this last year, even in big games against Alabama. I thought he played pretty well considering that front versus that offensive line. Um, he can catch the ball. He just he's not fast in the straight line. He kind of reminds me of TJ Yeldon, actually, where he's better laterally. Uh, and man, that guy runs with with power with whatever he's got. I know he's not humongous at two fifty. 15, but, man, he's going to earn every yard that he can, and he's tough to bring down. So, in a way, he reminds me of, of a better version of a Kareem Hunt. So, you know, if he can land in a, a really good spot, and there still are some teams that need running backs, so, you know, if he lands in a good spot, he could, you know, sneak up in these rookie drafts. The guy for me is
2: Bucky Hodges. Actually, two tight ends. Bucky Hodges, I, I thought for sure he'd he'd be a second or third-round pick, and we haven't heard a thing. So, you know, he's that combination of, of – speed and and size and he's an athletic smooth runner and and I I just I just thought somebody would fall in love with that with with all the tight ends going to that athleticism and stuff like that I thought somebody would go for that and and try to add him as a as a seam stretcher and it just hasn't happened the other guy was Jake Butt I talked about him a little bit earlier just that traditional tight end somebody who who really values that inline tight end I, I thought maybe he could go he could be that Heath Miller type type guy um i I know second or third maybe not second round but i thought a third round guy and and somebody will get him in the fourth and i think get a get a real good football player
4: yeah um yeah i agree bucky hodges is somebody we i really am interested to see where he lands up at Um, there's still several spots um, open for tight ends there but let's go back to defense a little bit here Um, we had a couple other picks cameron sutton uh went to the tennessee titans or, sorry, he plays for Tennessee. <laughs> he went to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, and Delano Hill, Delano Hill. he went to the Seahawks. Uh, strong safety out of Michigan. Bill, what do you got on these guys?
3: You know, Sutton's a big guy. I, I think that uh, the, the, uh, the rotation's a little muddy there, so I don't think that he's going to be able to necessarily crack a starting lineup. Um, but, but he's a big body. Again, a lot of times you get in his third, fourth rounds, it's, uh, it's very much depth. And uh, I, I don't see necessarily an upside guy that's going to be a big IDP asset, but he's certainly a, a big, strong body that can that can give them some depth there. So, and as far as the safety, um, I, I don't really have a, a strong opinion, pro or con. I haven't watched any film on him. Um, you know, again, we we see it seems like every third pick is either a corner or a safety, <laughs> so yeah. it, it's just that's just the way it is in the NFL. And uh, you know, they obviously think that he's the best. Uh, fit for their scheme.
4: Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, how about Nick here? You got to help me out here with this guy that the Lions just pick, Kenny Galladay, out of Northern Illinois. I, I have to tell you, this is the first time I've even heard that name. So, uh, help me, me out here, Nick.
1: Really? That's interesting. That's a, that's a little bit of a stretch. When you, when you, you guys of...
3: must not get the Debbie report if you don't if you haven't heard of Galladay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, I almost drafted him uh, last week in a rookie draft. So. Uh, I took an I took another guy in the 7th round instead. Um I actually like him. I think he's he's got some potential. He's a bigger wide receiver. I think he's 6'3" or 6'4". He's a decent athlete. Um I, I think he's got some skills. Uh he needs to develop a little bit more. I don't know if he's going to be a good enough athlete to be a huge fantasy football asset, but um he definitely has some potential. And I know it's a small school in Northern Illinois, but uh wow. He went to where? Detroit,
4: so but, you know it's nice for them because it gives them some size, six four, two twenty or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna go investigate now. Well, wow. interesting pick. Hmm. Uh, have any takes on this guy, Nathan? Well, I
3: will, I will tell you that I I uh, did a Devi League last year that was twenty five Devi deep, and so when you go twenty five deep in Devi uh, in a startup, you, you you dig deep, and I have I have Galladay on that roster. And he, he's really productive. His, his knock, really, for me is his age. He's uh, 23 and a half right now. So, um, but he's, he's, you know, for his size, 4 5, you know, 6 218, ran a 4 5. So his, he's kind of a, kind of a Quincy Anunua type from a metric standpoint. But his age does concern me a little bit.
4: Jeff Miller, Kenny Galladay to the, to the Detroit Lions. Talk to me about Mr. Kenny.
0: Uh, he's got a really weird last name. Whose last name is Galladay? It's like, it's like is it Holiday or is it Galloway or what's happening? He's my new 101. <laughs> How about yeah, you?
4: Um, Hicken, you got anybody on? on,
5: on I don't know who the hell Kenny Galladay is.
0: I know.
4: I, I felt really dumb there for a minute. I mean, that's not a, a rare occurrence with me anyway, but.
0: Uh, <laughs> I've heard especially amongst you guys, but. I've heard of okay. him passing.
4: I've literally and never like, even read that name before.
3: For you metric guys, though, he he had almost forty two percent of the production on in that offense. So, you know, you Northern Illinois obviously is a small program, but when you when you have forty two percent of your team's offense, that's that's pretty legit. So and you know, his breakout age was I think nineteen point eight. Um so I mean from a metric standpoint, you know, it, it screams production. Um so I don't know we'll we'll see but I think the fact that uh, they're willing to take a chance on him in the 3rd round that's thats some that's a de- decent draft pedigree so I'm kind of excited about it to be honest in a high passing uh offense where there's not a lot of uh, red zone threats you know uh, Ebron was a bit of a disappointment from a touchdown standpoint so I think that there's some potential there
0: You know there's all this talk there's all this talk about them taking another tight end uh, and there's tight
1: ends on the board Well if I, I if I can if I can clarify a little bit. So, I mean, I think he is athletic for his size, um, you know, but he, I don't think he's overly quick and he's not overly physical either. I, I would like to see him be uh, maybe a little bit more physical with that size. I don't know if he's, if he can develop that for the NFL level. But when you look at that team, as you were saying, I mean, Ebron, you know, Marvin Jones isn't overly physical. I know Golden Tate is, but he's shorter. You know, maybe, maybe they're hoping he can develop and be something that you know, he hasn't really shown a whole lot of already i don't know
0: oh there we go uh (laughs) have we started recapping anything yet or we've just been talking about pixel i was away there for a few minutes
3: we're just talking about we're talking about you jeff we were just talking about you the whole time (laughs) that's
0: that is an incredibly worthy topic so let's let's start the recap we kind of have a little bit of a pause here and in the the hot draft action so um, let's do it this way, guys. Let's, let's talk about, um, kind of offensive skill position players. We'll work our way maybe through the top half of the second round, and then we'll turn it over to the IDP guys and let them hit on their highlights. Yeah. Nick, you want to, want to throw something in here?
1: This is just funny. You were, you were hitting on Jason Winton. Do we know, do you guys know he signed a four year contract extension? Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not a, it's not a real deal when you look at it. It's not like a real four year sort of a deal. No, nothing's guaranteed. Do, do you have any doubt that he could play four more years and still be like a top 15 tight end? He's, He's probably ends.
1: going to be what race walking by then, right?
0: You know, I did, I did just a, <laughs> a, a, I was looking at tight ends for some reason last week and I looked at like the best tight ends from basically since 2000. And of course you have Antonio Gates and you have Tony Gonzalez and you have Jimmy Graham and Rob Gronkowski and then you have and then you have Jason Witten. I don't think people realize how favorably he compares to those guys. His career has been under the radar. He's a clear Hall of Famer, I think. His career has been under the radar brilliant forever, and he's still doing it. So, okay, Eh, old tight ends. Let's uh, let's kick back to the first round, a flurry of trades to start the action. And our first player of note, Zay Jones, to the Bills, who instantly became their wide receiver one, is rumors swirled of Sammy Watkins not getting his fifth-year option picked up. I may have overstated that a little bit. We had a little bit of a row over Zay Jones. Uh, I know that Nick has been yelled at by Zay Jones' father on Twitter. Really, that actually happened. And then we had uh, Dan Myler, who actually, I don't, I got to be honest, at his advanced age, I don't think his wife gets him as excited as Zay Jones did, if, if I want to be honest. So, uh, Dan, we'll, we'll, we'll go to you here because you're the big Zay Jones guy. You loved this pick. You absolutely loved it. Dude, that's blasphemy. My,
2: I think my wife is watching. <laughs> sorry, Dan, sorry, Dan's wife. <laughs> hey, Dan's wife. She just texted me about yeah. Matt having a Chewbacca face. So I'm she, she was she, watching it one time. Behind, huh? all,
0: all I'm saying is she needs to pick her game up a little bit because now Zay Jones is really kind of elbowing his way into the relationship here.
2: Hey, if he'd have me... Why... Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh. uh. I love Zay Jones. I, you know, I, I'm not just going to talk about Zay Jones all day. I love the guy. I think it's an ideal fit. Uh, we talked about the quarterback situation, uh, an underrated quarterback situation, having another wide receiver on the other side a year to at least a year to play with Sammy Watkins. I, I, I really like it, and I think he belongs at the end of the first round in rookie drafts. A lot of people will will think he belongs in the second, and I'll gladly scoop him up as a value uh early in the second at the at the
0: very latest for me. What's the earliest you're taking him in rookie drafts?
2: Gosh, I, you know, I have my list here in front of me and I, I think I have him at, at 12 right now. So, so he's at the very, very end.
0: Okay, cool. All right. So we have Zay Jones. We'll go a couple of, yeah. All right, Nick, you can, you
2: can go ahead. And, and, do and I corner. have Hunt, I have Hunt right there. <laughs> I can see him slipping to 13. I have Hunt right there.
1: So I, I have to say this. I was doing my mock here, and I think Zay Jones is in the conversation at ten. Like I, I just, when you look at Uh-oh. landing spots, and if Watkins doesn't get the fifth year option, he's going to get targets. I mean, thank you, Nick. Got to be I, that conversation. Well, I'm. I can change my thought process. I mean, yeah, okay, you can. I mean, who else? Who else do we have there? I mean, Godwin—that's not a great situation. Well, it,
2: well, you have to love Kamara. You have to love Kamara to put put him in front. No, you I don't, don't. He's the third string running back on his own team. <laughs> well, so so you'd have to bump him. I mean, he'd have to be one of the guys that that go up above him, though, for him to fall in below twelve or thirteen. Right,
0: I think I think Nathan Dan is saying you would have to love Kamara to put him above Zay Jones.
5: Oh, I I just heard love Kamara and I had
0: to bash it for
5: a second.
2: <laughs> oh, okay, all right. So we're on the same page. And, and he has. To
1: Go ahead. I was even thinking of putting Zay Jones ahead of Najoku just because I know that's going to develop a little bit for him. So that's why that's why he started in started my conversation at ten. So I don't know, I don't know who else who else would be. There, I mean well, you have, him well, you, ahead have of him? you wouldn't have Smith Schuster up there. You you obviously
2: are a hater. So yeah, sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> no, you, you wouldn't have Smith Schuster and I have him at seven still. And then it kind of goes on the run of the tight ends, and Kamara and Hunt are right there with Zay Jones to me.
1: Yeah, and then it's then it's running back for versus receiver, which I would pick receiver because I don't know. Yeah. I mean that, that, if that's that what's awesome is Zay Jones. Watch. Well, I, I don't think he's bad. I'm just trying to think of who's going to get opportunity. And I think Zay Jones is going to get a big one. And if i got to pick running back versus wide receiver, I'll pick receiver. So maybe he's in that conversation. So I, th- I think that's the group, though, from 110 to 202 for sure. Okay.
0: I mean, Jones, especially with consensus QB1, Tyrod Taylor throwing him the ball. Moving on, Curtis Samuel <laughs> to the Panthers. I feel like they drafted uh, Curtis Samuel's much better uh, white cousin earlier in this draft on Thursday with Christian McCaffrey. I don't know. Why is he going to be white? I don't know. Ask his parents. I don't don't know how genetics work. I mean, I don't know why we have to – why are we concentrating on color? Uh, Curtis Samuel, who's who's kind of a jack-of-all-trades, perhaps master of none, Um, not really sure how he fits – We had kind of a nice conversation with, with about Samuel surrounding McCaffrey and who takes away from what, and what takes away from who I'm kind of of the mind that, uh, that McCaffrey hurts Samuel more than Samuel hurts McCaffrey, which certainly their, their draft pedigree here would suggest that as well. Uh, Nathan, I think you were kind of one of the ones that was really in on that conversation. What do we think about Samuel in in Carolina? I think it's just a little bit
5: limited upside. You know, a lot of people love the idea of these gadget players, but it, it kind of takes the right situation. I'm not sure that Carolyn is that right situation for that gadget player. Uh, I, I talked about it before. I think the, the, the clear winner from the situation was Cam Newton. But as far, as far as Samuel, I think that he kind of slips into that early to mid-second round of rookie drafts because he, he's not really going into a situation where there's going to be a ton of targets for him or even some carries. So but I, I think that going to the same situation as McCaffrey certainly hurts
2: him.
0: It absolutely I – mean, we're going to say this so many times tonight, Dan. It absolutely knocks him out of first-round consideration with rookie drafts, right?
2: Yeah, I was just about to say I, I was hoping I'm, – I'm going to be hoping that he's one of the guys that people want to take at the end of the first round because that's going to bump somebody down to me. Uh, you know, I, I really don't like him. I, I actually like Curtis Samuel a little bit. I just – I don't like where he landed. And, and it's kind of the same reason I'm bumping McCaffrey down a couple of spots – just because the, the Panthers coaching staff has never shown a willingness to get creative and use players to their strengths. And I, I, I just don't see them starting to do that all of a sudden, even though they made those two picks and invested heavily in those athletic-type guys.
0: I feel like this selection, Samuel going where he did, is probably going to save a lot of people from themselves. That's just my opinion. But I'm definitely an avowed disliker of gadget-type players. Never really been my thing. Matt, did you have something you wanted to add? On Curtis Samuels? I just no, saw you unmute. Really. I thought maybe you wanted to pitch on. All right. I'm, we'll, I'm here uh, for you too, if you need me. All right, buddy. I appreciate that. We'll hit a couple of more guys here. Then we'll check in on recent picks and we'll pivot back to uh, the IDP guys to cover the top half of the, the second round. Uh, the next pick after Samuel. Samuel at 40, right at 41 to the Vikings. Uh, Dalvin Cook kind of uh, muddying a backfield, breaking a lot of Jarek McKinnon people, truthers' hearts, whose hearts probably should have been broken already when they paid Latavius Murray what they did. Uh, breaking the hearts of people that thought Latavius Murray might be a bit of a value pick this year. Uh, That really muddies things up quite a bit. We talked a little bit about his potential upside this season, and we all agreed that like mid RB two is probably about what you might be able to expect for this season. Uh, I don't think anybody has him aside from Nathan. I don't think anybody here has him anywhere near their top three anymore. So we'll go to you real briefly here, Nathan. We'll let you, uh, Doug was the other one. He said Nathan, 101. No, no, no. One, no. That was 8 no, I, no, Cook, I, I said Cook's 4. You said Cook's 4. Okay, I was thinking that you were still sold on him there. Um, did anybody have him in their top three? I forget now. Yeah, it's, it's been Doug, hours Doug ago. Had Doug. Doug had him 101. Doug, 101. Doug, take a shot here. Tell us about that
6: a little bit. I will really love the landing spot. Uh, he was always kind of my 101 kind of coming into this just based on talent. I liked him better than Fortinet. Uh I wasn't real. I'm not like. Totally, totally sold on Corey Davis. Sorry, Nick and Mike Williams. Um, their landing spots are, yeah, to me. Um, I know that that Cook is going to go to go to the Vikings. He's going to get a lot of work. I think that that to me, he's he's worth the investment. If I'm going to take a take a guy at one on one, and I know I'm going to hang on to him, he's a guy that I, that I'm going to be looking at. I'm looking for somebody's who's durability, who's going to be able to catch passes, run. He's going to be on the field all the time. Uh, that's exactly what I'm looking for out of the 101, and Dalvin Cook checks all of those boxes for me.
0: Yeah, I I, I, I love Cook. Uh, Bill, you were the big poo-poo on Cook, right? Do we want to have an IDP guys talking about offensive players face-off here?
3: Okay, first of all, I'm going to get on my pulpit. Anybody that plays IDP obviously plays offense first, so I don't know where this <laughs> – This, uh, like we start off in this IDP league where we just play with IDP guys. Right. So like, am I right, Doug? Do you ever get sick of that? Um, listen, Dalvin cook is special. Dalvin, Dalvin cook is, is a talented dude. Um, I'm not sure the landing spots the best. Um, they made some improvements on the offensive line for sure. Um, there's still a couple guys there that muddy the water for this year. I think that he's, uh, Still a top five pick. Um, for me, he's probably he's probably one oh five for me right now. So I'm not i I'm not I'm neither a, a Dalvin Cook hater. Uh, I, I, I like him way more than I like Cooper Cup. Let's put it that way.
0: <laughs> oh God. We'll get we'll get
2: to, <laughs> we'll get that, to we'll that, agree on,
0: that. We'll agree on. Uh, that's fun. All right. So we'll skip down a couple of more picks here and we have back to back tight ends with Gerald Everett tight end to the Rams and then Adam Sheet. Uh, Shaheen, I almost said Sheehan, uh, Adam Shaheen to the Bears, which uh, caught me a little bit by surprise. So uh, Nick, why don't we have you take a chance here and talk a little bit about Shaheen to the Bears, and then we'll get back to Everett in a second here.
1: Yeah, so Shaheen, if you want to look at him in terms of a a physical uh, presence, he he looks a lot like uh, Travis Kelsey, probably a really imposing tight end. Uh, very athletic for his size, but it, from a pure athleticism standpoint, he's not like Najoku or Ingram. Uh, <clears throat> played Division Two, uh, got a lot of touchdowns uh, this last year. I think it was 16 overall. Uh, good skills. Uh, he breaks tackles after the catch, but you know he's going to have some development issues coming from a D two school. Good opportunity in Chicago, but you got to be patient.
0: So then, let's do uh, let's do a little bit of Gerald Everett talk. Matt, uh, do you want to chime in on Everett? Take a turn here.
4: Yeah, I had him as tied in four going into the pre-draft process. Um, I like his athleticism, um, landing spot. eh, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I need to look at that a little bit more before I have real, a real take on that.
0: Fair enough. Let's uh, let's save the next offensive player off the board was Joe Mixon to the Bengals. Let's save that. That's going to be a little bit of a discussion. And let's, uh, let's take a, a quick minute here and fast forward to where we're at now in the draft. We are currently in the third round, and as we're talking, the Broncos are on the clock at 101, 37th pick of the round. So let's backtrack a little bit here and just cover. There's been three picks since we started talking. It's kind of slowed down. We had Chad Williams, wide receiver out of Grambling State, to the Cardinals. Then we had uh, Rasheel Douglas, cornerback to the Eagles. And then uh, Johnny Smith to the Titans, getting their – you know, potential heir apparent to Delaney Walker. So let's start with Chad Williams. I have nothing to add about Chad Williams, another guy that I'm kind of aware of but don't really know much about. Do we have anybody that's a sitting here staring at me that's got a, a hot Chad Williams stick?
3: I like Chad Williams quite a bit. Chad Williams could be this year's Malcolm Mitchell, and a guy that uh, wasn't necessarily on the radar, but because of landing spot, maybe starts to rise a little bit. He's athletic. He's got enough size. He's in a system now, you know, with Bruce Arians, where he can be utilized all over the field. And the situation with the the Arizona wide receivers is not uh, the best in terms of long term. You've got Larry Fitzgerald, who's you know old. You know, we lost uh, Michael Floyd. John Brown has had the uh, sickle cell problem and had trouble staying on the field. J.J. Nelson weighs like 120 pounds. So, <laughs> so you know, I, 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 although this wouldn't have been the wide receiver that I picked, I do like his athletic profile. I do like uh, his fit in the system. And I trust, you know, the Cardinals obviously did their due diligence. So I, I don't hate the pick.
0: Anybody else have strong feelings on Williams? Doesn't appear to. All right, so then let's talk about uh, Johnny Smith, who I think is somebody that, that somebody here probably has something good to say about. Uh, he was kind of in that group. I'm a little surprised again, and I know that that not everybody here is a great Bucky Hodges fan. I'm really surprised to see him going ahead of Jake Butt, uh, a little surprised to see him going ahead of Hodges as well. So, uh, Dan, I know that, that uh, I think it was you that was talking about Hodges a little bit earlier. What do you think
2: about this? I remember when Smith, had a lot of publicity in the middle of last year during during the college football season. And I went and found the tape on him, and, and I watched what I could. And it seemed like he catches every ball twice. He lets it hit him right in the chest, and then he'll catch it on the rebound. And he looks the part. He's, he's got the size and the athleticism, and he, he kind of looks like a wide receiver, actually, although he's 6'3", 250. And, but, he, but he runs smooth. But, man, it, it, he's just – he – he, he wants to catch everything twice, and that, it, that, that's going to get annoying in the NFL. They're going to have to rid him of that. doesn't get his hands out in front of him, doesn't come back to catch the ball either, which, which is a problem. So um, I read a profile on him where they actually uh, – I think the final projection was Delaney Walker, which was interesting. So um, lots of people are, ex- are really excited about him. I get hard – it's hard for me to get excited. You get hard, Dan. Right. Uh, it, it's difficult. It's difficult, <laughs> Nathan, for me to get excited about a guy that, whose primary job is to catch the ball and, and has a little bit of trouble, a little you, bit too much trouble doing
0: it. You, you guys heard it very first. It's difficult for Dan to get hard. Uh, <laughs> so unless you're playing in a points per double catch league, you're not a big Johnny Smith fan. Do we? Is there anybody in the opposite end of that spectrum? I mean, I I
4: I like him as an athlete, but he needs a lot of work on a route run on his route running. He's kind of like he's he's nowhere near Evan Ingram, but he's kind of like on that spectrum. Like he's not going to really kill anybody with his blocking talent. Um, he he's pretty stiff in and out of breaks. I think. Um, I think his best his best quality is just with him when he has the ball in his hands. You know, he can he can break multiple tackles on a single run, that kind of thing. He, I just think he's a big project, and hopefully Delaney can. Um, you know, stick around for at least a couple of years and, and really teach that guy the position.
2: That's Boys. a really good point, Matt. It, it is a nice spot for him to land with Mariota yeah. an and be able to play under a veteran like Walker. That's a nice spot for a developmental guy. I don't know if a lot of us fantasy guys have the roster space to use on a player that's, that's going to be developing for a year or two at the tight end position outside of tight end premium leagues.
0: As somebody that has a, a tight end premium league that drafts in April every year that took shots in the second and third round on both Hodges and Bud, I'm a little disappointed with the way the draft is played out tonight. You know, you're kind of taking shots on those guys, not really knowing where they're going to land, knowing that that's kind of a big uh, jumbled group, but uh, it's neither here nor there. So let's, uh, uh, Doug, let's, let's hit on a couple of these defensive guys that have gone off the board here quick uh Cordray Tankersley corner to the Dolphins and then we had uh Rachel Douglas corner to the Eagles Brandon Langley corner to the Browns and then Nasir Jones defensive tackle to the Seahawks and just off the board Trey Hendrickson into the Saints there's five players there uh talk for a few minutes tell us uh, anybody you like there anybody you don't like there
6: Uh, Yeah, let's start with the guys that are actually going to be IDP relevant. That's going to be Naz Jones, Nazir, for those of you scoring at home. Um, I really like him coming out. He's got good good size and good speed, uh, plays well with his hands uh, coming in there. Not going to be a big guy uh, for your IDP squads unless you're going to be in a defensive tackle premium league. The guy that I really like is Trey Hendrickson that just went there to the Saints. Great fit. The Saints need all kinds of pass rush help. He's a really high-motor, pass rusher kind of guy. He can play on the edge. Uh, probably better as a 4-3 defensive end than as a 3-4 outside linebacker. Bill might disagree with me. I'm not sure on that. Um, from there, uh, really like that fit. He's a guy who can get upfield, chase the, chase the pass rusher down. We're in that stage now where we're, where we're dealing with the small school guys, so you're going to see a lot of unfamiliar names come off. Though Hendrickson was one of those um, you know, senior bowl uh, shrine game kind of guys that that people were – they kind of popped up around there. So he's a name that has been lurking around out there. As for the three corners that came off the board, not a lot of IDP value there. So I'm going to go ahead and just kind of – we're going to go ahead and kind of skip on those guys. Bill, you got any strong thoughts about Hendrickson or, or, or Nas?
3: No, the the one thing I would add with Hendrickson is, is uh, he's a great special teams guy. He had some block punts and uh, he's got, he's got a great motor. So I think that he adds some value there as well, uh, potentially on some special teams, uh, you know, for depth for them. So I, I like that pick uh, a ton.
0: Cool. Let's, uh, let's swing back to the third round and, or the second round. I'm sorry, excuse me. And I think what we're going to do here guys is just continue to recap then we'll uh, hit those last five picks and finish off tonight with a quick mock draft. So uh, let's let's keep with our IDP friends here and talk about some of these IDP picks from the top half of the second round. Uh, I, I think maybe the best way to do this is because not all of these guys are going to be relevant necessarily in IDP leagues. You guys just want to uh, – Doug, you want to start off and maybe just kind of run through guys in the top half of the second, uh, guys that you really like or guys you don't like, landing spots, all that for, for IDP purposes?
6: Um yeah, let me take a quick look at who ran. Yeah, I'm sorry. Ran.
0: I kind of I kind of sprung that on you a little bit. That's all you know, right. I'll,
3: I'll jump in. Kevin King is a great cornerback. Uh, We talked about him tons of length Uh, Packers need secondary help. And I think that that's a great fit. Uh, Of course, Buddha Baker to the Cardinals. They traded up as Doug's man crush. He's got a picture of him in his locker uh, at work. Um, uh, You know, I think that that's, that's an impact player. Um, Sidney Jones, I think is a corner that that can help the Eagles and and start right away um, as well. We, We saw a lot of corners go in this, in this, uh, Ryan Anderson's a guy that uh, I think I think Doug likes a little more than me. Um, I think that he can be a contributor. I think uh, Doug th- Doug feels that he's kind of a playmaker and is always there, you know, when needed. So I, I I didn't quite see that, but I think that it's definitely a good addition to the Redskins, whose linebacking course sucked. Uh, Demarcus Walker, very good fit there. We talked about a need there for a second defensive end opposite Derek Wolfe. Um, Tease Tabor, solid corner. Uh, for the Lions, uh, nothing special or spectacular. Raekwon McMillan, my man, to the Dolphins, that was a huge fit. Great production out of him, prototypical size. Uh, From an IDP standpoint, you want those guys that play in the middle. And Raekwon, although in the first year, might not get a lot of playing time because uh, Lawrence Timmons uh, was signed in the offseason. He is a good uh, long-term prospect. Uh, Obi Malafonwu went to the Raiders. We loved – everybody loved that pick. Even you non-IDP guys loved that pick. Uh, 6'4", 224, absolute beast, runs like a gazelle threw that in there for the zookeeper. Uh, (laughs) to the Texans, we saw Zach Cunningham. Zach Cunningham was, is a highly tatted prospect. I think that this was a little bit of a slide. There was some talk about him going in the late first. Um, so I think that that's a great fit for the Texans. Texans are reloading on defense. That's a great pick. Um, a woozy, uh, you know, my man, Doug likes a woozy quite a bit to the Cowboys. I think that they need secondary help. Josh Jones, solid ad for the Packers. Um, you know, we talked about Morgan Burnett being in the last year of his contract and being hurt and injured. I think I think that Josh Jones could sit, could settle in next year to that strong safety position, which in Green Bay is a huge, huge asset.
0: That was impressive. Very impressive. Uh, and it's charming and interesting. I, I almost makes me want to play IDP. Not really. <laughs> Doug, uh, <laughs> Doug uh, why don't you pull out a few of these guys here that you really like? I know that Bill referenced several of them that uh, are kind of your guys. Why don't you uh, tell us what makes them your guys?
6: Well, Buda have I've talked at length about it. I th- I think they, that we've covered him thoroughly. The, the second-round pick that I really think is a great fit is Zach Cunningham down at the Texans. Um, they've got all those other pass rushers, and now they're going to have the guy who sideline to sideline can go in there and ring up tackles. Um, Cushing is getting to be super old; he's going to be on his way out the door. I was never a fan of Bernardrick McKinney; I thought he was a two-down guy at best. Um, so I, so Cunningham's going to go in there. He's going to he's going to get snaps from both of those guys. He's going to go in there and ring up tackles. I already had him as my second best uh, linebacker after Reuben Foster, this is doing nothing to change that for me. Uh, I would say draft Jack Cunningham with impunity, uh, Raekwon McMillan. I'm a little, I run a little bit hot and cold on Raquan. Um, just because I wasn't the tape from this year is a little bit weird. Um, so I'm curious to see kind of what he's going to look like down there in Miami. But I agree with with Bill that that's a good fit for them, for him. I will disagree with him on DeMarcus Walker. I am not a fan of DeMarcus Walker at all. Um, he had a lot of numbers, quote-unquote numbers, um, but a lot of that stuff came in garbage time against crappy ACC teams. So I am uh, – to me, I'm like, nah, I'm not a big fan of, of, of him at all. I thought he was way overhyped by national media. He was an ESPN darling who they would always point out, and then you'd always see him getting smoked by somebody going around the edge. So I'm I'm not a fan of him at all.
0: The wealth of knowledge. Uh, you guys are fantastic. I'm kissing up now. All right, <laughs> so
6: uh, we kind of left this
0: one as a cliffhanger, I don't know, a good five, ten minutes ago now. Joel Mixon to the Bengals. Um we had quite the discussion about this. There were a little bit of a mixed bag on whether or not this is a great fit, uh, merely a good fit, or not a great fit. I, I think one thing we can all agree on is this is basically the final nail in the coffin for Jeremy Hill, who, let's be honest, has been pounding nails in his own coffin for a couple of years now. Uh, it's also you know, perhaps a bit of a warning sign for, for Gio Bernard. If, you, if you've got Giovanni Bernard shares, you can't be real happy right now. Uh, Mixon, as we all kind of know at this point, perhaps the most well-rounded running back in, in the draft. There certainly are, you know, some issues. Some people see see them more than others. Uh, Nick, you're definitely, I think, of the group of us, the guy that was uh, the most cautious about Mixon. I guess is one way to say it. So, uh, what is it that you see with him that kind of gives you pause in terms of in terms of maybe putting him in that one hundred three, one hundred four discussion in rookie drafts?
1: Well, I have him 105 because one, Cincinnati's offensive line is not good. Uh, they, they've lost guys this offseason, and it's been going downhill for a few years now. Uh, the They have a lot of threats already in the passing game. So everyone that thought Joe Mixon was going to be in that, you know, that uh, Christian McCaffrey 50, 60, 70 reception range, I don't see that happening, at least not initially. And then when you look at Mixon's game, I don't see. Uh, a great athlete. I think he's a solid to good athlete. I don't think he's great. I don't think he's consistent. Everything that he does, I think he tries to make too many good or big plays. He doesn't get the play that's in front of him. I don't think he uses his power consistently or that well. Um, I also think he can make a big play here and there with some cuts. And other times I think he left yardage or uh, on the field, or as uh, Joseph Randall said, what was it? He left a lot of meat on the bone.
0: All right, Dan, you you uh, you're kind of on the opposite end of the spectrum. You were very excited about Mixon uh, to Cincinnati, kind of more in line of where I am with it. So uh, why don't you tell us why?
2: Yeah, I think it's an ideal landing spot, although Nick makes a nice point about the offensive line. That's, that's very true. But I, I'm not afraid of any of the running backs already on the roster. I think Mixon is easily the first and second down tailback. Uh, I'd be surprised if Hill is on the roster, to be honest with you. I'm not sure that he's he's going to be there anymore. Mixon kind of immediately replaces him. Uh, and and then as far as Geo goes, he's coming off the injury, and we're not even sure if he can be a th- third down back. So Mixon might play all four downs. So so while we're not going to see those 50 or 60 or 70 catches, we could still see 30 or 40, and that's a nice season for a tailback when you're considering he's he's a 20 to 25 touch per game type of talent. I think he's a transcendent talent. I think he's that – Big guy, uh, the size you're looking for, the thumper inside, but he still has all the speed that you, you just don't see with guys his size regularly. I'm really struggling it with with those that two, three, four range of rookie drafts. If it weren't for the off the, off the field stuff with Mixon and the potential for him to be gone from a dynasty roster with one full fail swoop. He he might be the 102 for me, so I'm I'm gonna struggle with that until I have my first draft. Luckily, I I don't hold the, the second pick in any draft, so I guess I don't have to.
0: <laughs> Makes it easy for you. All right, Deshaun Kaiser to the Browns. They got their their quarterback. <laughs> to be fair, maybe not the quarterback that they entered the draft wanting to get. Uh, I think we can all agree that the Kaiser's floor is about as low as as any other player taken in the top 52. Uh, there's a lot of people that think that he has the high ceiling in the entire draft. Uh, what what do we realistically expect from him? Is he gonna? I mean, he's probably not going to come out and start as probably Kessler this year. What what is a realistic expectation for Kaiser? Is I, I guess I don't remember. It's been so damn long ago now. Who had the the real strong opinions on him? So somebody step up for me here. Not everybody all at once. <laughs> Go ahead, Matt. Matt. Matt I thought Matt unmuted to Ah, oh, fine. If you don't want to talk about Kaiser, I, I'm glad the Cardinals I, didn't take him, I, uh, I'll tell sorry. you that. I just it seems like the I'm, failure rate is really high here, right? I the odds of this really working out, especially where he went, it's it's a think little when- scary.
4: I think my biggest fear is that he plays well in training camp, just well enough to beat out Kessler for the starting position, and then that I think that could be could destroy him. So um, I think he needs to sit for a year. Hopefully, they do let Kessler kind of ride it out. You know, let him take the big shots. Um, uh, you know, or early in, early in the season, and then if he str- if Kessler continues to struggle, um, you know, maybe by mid season, give give Kaiser a shot. But I really think he needs to rest and, and and learn. Um, unfortunately, there's no real veteran there for him to learn from, so um, that's going to be a tough situation. It's going to be on the coaching staff to really get him up to speed.
0: I mean, Brock Osweiler's a veteran. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Just- yeah, sure. Sure. I'm just saying. Maybe Brock Osweiler can teach him how to be called six ten when you're not six
2: ten.
4: He uh, he did really good holding that clipboard for Peyton Manny. I'm sure he can you know work on his form you know the way he holds the pen and everything.
0: Fair enough. All right, so we'll save a little time there because we're going to have to spend a little time on this one. The Steelers, Juju uh 62nd pick overall right at the tail end of the second round. Uh we heard everything from in play at 106 to mid second round I think from from this crew. Uh I'm I'm a Juju guy. I know Dan, you're a huge Juju guy. So uh we could spend a few minutes on Juju. Why don't you go ahead and, and lead us off here?
2: I really like the fit. I think anybody playing opposite of Antonio Brown is a player you want on your fantasy team. Uh, I, th- I think he's that short to intermediate guy, and Antonio Brown continues to be the deep threat and, and the do all in that offense. With the what we look for with a with a wide receiver as a rookie is a is another. Offensive threat on the roster, and Pittsburgh Pittsburgh has it. Antonio Brown's already there. Le'Veon Bell offers that running game, and then Roethlisberger is the quarterback, and that's what we want out of out of young receivers. I think there's playing time to be had. I'm not convinced Martavis Bryant is going to be back in Pittsburgh, so I, I like Juju Smith-Schuster, and I like him at the 107. He's a solid pick in right there at, at the after that top six group. I think he
0: might be my 107. I have to really sit down and search souls on this. Nathan, what do you got?
2: Yeah.
5: The main thing that I take away from the G Smith pick is that despite the fact that Marteus Bryant was reinstated just before the NFL draft, I don't think the Steelers are counting on having him in the lineup in week one or even in the 2017 season. So I I think that it's important to note that while a player is reinstated, that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to play. So I, I, I don't understand the people that say, oh, well, Martavis Bryant's going to hurt Juju Smith's uh, production. I think it's the other way around. Uh, Juju Smith is going to be that secondary receiver. And if Bryant returns, he, he's the third receiver in that offense.
0: It does it does feel like this could relegate Bryant to more of that downfield role and less of uh, the team's pure wide receiver, too. Nick, I know you've got a real high opinion of Bryant, and I understand why. Uh, you're not too scared of, uh, scared by Juju there, are you?
1: Well, I mean, to Nathan's point, I mean, it, just because you're drafted doesn't mean you're going to play the rookie. You look at Laquan Trudeau, right? So I guess we could play that sad same game pick. anyway. That's, come on. It's right? Sad. I mean, it's a second-round pick. I mean, there's <laughs> lots of guys that did, didn't do anything. So, I, I I, mean, I just think from a maturity standpoint, Juju's young, but he's immature. He He's shown it on the field. That's been multiple times. Um, and You know, people like to show the play of him waving the guy to come at him, and then he throws him to the ground. Keep doing that in the NFL and let's see what happens. That's the one play that gets blown up all the time. You don't see him running away from anybody. So that's a he doesn't show athleticism on the field. I don't know. The Steelers have never had a guy like him, they always have these fast guys on the outside. And uh, so I don't know how they're going to utilize him. It's crowded. At best, he's the third option there behind Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown. Even Not even talking about Martavis Bryant or Sammy Coates, who's developing into his third year this next year, and he could actually have the light go on. So we don't really know what's going to happen there. Uh, I think it's a bad fit. I think that people draft him at 107. uh, It's going to be a huge gamble for you, especially with Big Ben talk about retirement already. So you're going to have, I don't know who, at quarterback fighting four touches behind Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell at best.
5: Nick, you've Bye. been doing the tweet-by-tweet tweet recap. Talk about immaturity. Martavis Bryant's the one that's calling out teammates after a draft pick. So Juju Smith is not immature, Martavis Crovius. Juju Smith is Lima Swede.
0: Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, it is getting late.
1: <laughs> uh, well, before friendships are destroyed. It is possible to have two people be immature, though. No, that's
0: no, it's happened. not. Uh uh-uh. uh.
6: <laughs> Why are you looking at me like that? <laughs>
0: <laughs> He's touching me, mom. Make him stop it. All right, uh, let's go on to the uh, let's go on to the, the third round here, and we have uh, the first real heartbreaker for me. An avowed Mark Ingram Disciple. We have uh, Alvin Kamara to the Saints. I'm not sure if it's really a heartbreaker. This is one of those, again, where you got to kind of sit down and think about how this completely affects the backfield. Uh, Kamara kind of maybe profiles more, at least initially, as somebody that will be more of a pass catcher. Um, man, this, this whole thing, who knows how the hell all this fits together. So... Um, if nothing else, it definitely looks like it drops Kamara out of first round consideration. Uh, we 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 didn't have a whole lot of like super crazy Kamara love in here, but um, I guess what what do we think? How do we think this plays out? Do we? Does anybody have any sort of a clear idea?
4: I, I think he's clearly the best <laughs> pass catcher among the running backs, so you know he could have that role. Um, he could be what CJ they wanted CJ Spiller to be, what what not. I don't want to compare him to Reggie Bush at all, but he could play that kind of role where he is the primary receiving back. And I, I just think that it's going to be AP and uh, uh, Mark Ingram is you know splitting the early down work. Maybe they're going to go with a hot hand approach there and let Kamara do his thing out of the backfield
0: as a receiver. Um, but you know. I, I
4: I don't know. I don't know how he's going to be used early on. I think he's going to have his work cut out for him with those two in front of him.
0: Let's let's stay with you here for a second, Matt, because we our next player to talk about here is Cooper Cup, and uh, you're by far and away his biggest defender in here. So uh, Cup to the Rams. Um, at, at the very least, we have a pretty crowded situation here. Um, you you're talking about him in first round consideration, right? I, I currently
4: have him at twelve. Okay. Just ahead of Juju, so um, I I, uh, I don't know. I really like him. I think, like I said before, I think he's going to be the security blanket for Jared Goff. I don't see anybody else there that can be. Uh, you know, Tavon Austin had a shot to be that last year, and he 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 got in there and they used him to play off of Gurley uh, a little bit, but I just don't think he's that kind of player. I think. Cup is the reliable guy. He's not fast. He's he's much quicker than fast. He can be the big slot. He's I think he's going to play that role a lot bit better than Pharaoh Cooper or Tavon Austin can be. And in a pinch if they need him to, I think he can work on outside too. One of my favorite things that I saw him do uh, on film was I think he has the ability to know Or not the ability but he has the knowledge To know how far he has to push Corners to get them to flip their hips and turn up Field and then he can stop on a diamond on those Deep comebacks which to me is one of the most Difficult routes um, for, a, for a Wide receiver and a, a quarterback to hook Up on so those kind of things I, I just Think that he's going to be a good football player um, I think coaches are going to love him um, he was a guy in the senior bowl practices who, who was never taking breaks. You know, he never had his hands on his hips uh, looking gassed. I just think he's going to be um, everything that Jared Goff needs to be, needs to succeed if he's going to succeed.
0: Well, cool. I, 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 a guy like Goff, that safety blanket would be really nice and they don't really have that there. They don't have that kind of consistent steady force. And I agree with you that cup might be that what that means for his upside is, is probably what the debate really is here. So uh let's talk about a guy that um, <laughs> man the Titans just loading up on offense just offensive pick after offensive pick they really are doing what they can to surround uh, Mari- Mariota uh Taiwan Taylor Nick let's have you talk about Taiwan I know that you're a big Taylor guy obviously he goes uh, alongside Davis another guy that you really love uh talk about Taylor here a little bit how this kind of impacts his fantasy maybe not the best landing spot for fantasy but in terms of NFL landing spots it's a pretty good one.
1: Yeah, I think it's it's really good because he's going to take pressure off of, you know, uh Marcus Mariota getting him a, a speed guy. Finally, he'll take pressure off of Corey Davis. I mean, really, when you think of Taewon Taylor, he's kind of a poor version of a John Ross and the pressure that he can take off of that offense. And AJ green is essentially what you're hoping he can do in Tennessee and pressure off of Delaney Walker, et cetera. So Taylor, wins with speed and with the ball in his hands after the, he catches it. Uh, not overly physical. He can get rerouted and he, and he has issues with the press, but he's been very productive, uh, over the last few years, including top 10, uh, in receiving uh, at Western Kentucky. All right, cool. So
0: uh, let's actually, let's take a little pause here. DLF, or DLF guys, IDP guys, Bill, uh, how are you feeling about maybe doing, doing with the second, the third round, which you did with the second, just kind of running down and, and, and hitting on any guys that, you know, what are you, you think is relevant and, and all of that, all of that jazz. Take it away. You did such a good job with it the first time around, Bill. You got to unmute yourself though first, buddy. Oh, did we lose Doug? Or not Doug? Bill? You there? Yeah, we got you. Okay. Sorry. Well, uh, no, that's yeah, okay. A little hiccup. That's right. The,
3: the, the Browns continue to have a really good draft, uh, taking defensive tackle Larry o- Ogunjobi. Uh, he's a solid add. Um, lots of corners going in, in this uh, in this round. Dwayne Smoot, defensive end of the Jaguars. Um, you know, that, that uh, rotation is a little bit muddy with the injuries that they've had and some of the things that they've tried to run in and out. So he has an outside chance to get some playing time. Um, outside linebacker Jordan Willis, I, I think he's a solid add to the Bengals. I think that Bengals linebacking core, uh, they need to reload. They've got some aging pieces there. Uh, Chris Warmley at defensive end, I think is a solid add for the Ravens. The Ravens seem to always be reloading and uh, always be thinking defense. Um, Duke Riley, a guy that I like quite a bit. I'm not sure where he fits in uh, with the Falcons because of the fact that they're already pretty loaded there with Deion Jones and uh, some of the guys that they have drafted. Uh, but they definitely picked up a good one in Duke Riley. He can do a lot of things. He can he can uh, play well in coverage. Um, Alex Anzalone, um, great addition for the saints the saints definitely need needed to go uh, a lot of defense in this draft and they they picked up some nice pieces he could probably go in day one and start uh in that situation deshaun hall great add to the panthers they've got some guys aging in the tooth there um a little sad the cardinals had to give up that pick but uh tim williams i'm not as excited about um i don't know what it is maybe i'm maybe i'm anti-alabama guys uh but other than uh but Tim Williams is a guy that I think is a little bit overrated. Uh, he has a little bit of juice on the outside, but I kind of look at him like a Bruce Irvin type of guy where, he, you know, he might have some, some success rushing the quarterback, but I'm not really a fan of his from a IDP standpoint. Terrell Basham, great addition to the Colts, uh, can do a lot of things. Um, great uh, edge guy. Um, uh, Derek Rivers, that was a steal. You know, the Patriots, the rich get richer. Uh, I'm not sure how much playing time he's going to get uh, in year one because of Trey Flowers being there and uh, them uh, signing some additions in the offseason. So might, it might take him a year or two to work in, but Derek Rivers is a great addition for the Patriots and should probably be a rotational guy uh, starting right out. Uh, Eddie Vander, Vanderdose, uh, good defensive tackle for the Raiders. Uh, he's a space eater, 6'3", 305. He's a guy that uh, definitely helps the defense more from an uh, NFL standpoint than an IDP standpoint, uh, John Johnson. I'm not a fan of, uh, he's a, he's a free safety type, uh, big enough, fast enough, but not uh, dynamic at all. And, uh, not the, uh, most exciting prospect, uh, Packers, I think did a, did a, a great, uh, addition in Montrevious Adams a defensive tackle. Again, a big space eater guy with long arms. He's got good feet, uh, and, uh, can, can really, uh, just dis- be disruptive there in the middle. um, Delano, Delano Hall Hill, uh, strong safety out of Michigan. I'm not a big fan. Again, this is that point in the draft, we talked about it earlier, where people start reaching for corners and safeties and just adding depth, depth, depth. Um, you know, again, further down, uh, one of Doug's boys, Nasir Jones. Uh, I, I like him quite a bit as well. Uh, I, I didn't really get to see a lot of film on him. But, again, the Seahawks are a team that they, they have a really good eye for talent on the defensive line. So the fact that they added another a weapon there, uh, is definitely good for them from an IDP standpoint. Unless you're in t- defensive tackle required leagues, uh, it's probably not going to make a uh, impact. And then last, Kendall Beckwith to the Bucks. Uh, he's kind of fits the mold of you know the, the medium sized guys, six uh, two, two forty three. Uh, he can play uh, inside or out, but is probably best suited inside. So I'm not sure what their plan is there. Uh, it sounds like he's going to be a rotational guy and he's going to work his way in uh, there for some depth.
0: All right, Doug. Uh, Bill gave us the rundown there. I love that how he can go through that so quick. Um, we'll do the same thing we did with with the uh, with the second round. Why don't you hit on on the guys that you really like, the guys that you kind of think are above and beyond here, uh, maybe great values and, and have value in IDP.
6: Yeah, like Bill was saying, that the Patriots pick of of Derek Rivers is just flat out stealing. He's he's a guy. He's going to come in. I think he's actually going to play quite a bit early on. Just because the the Pats would like to rotate so many guys through that through that defensive line, so I actually think he's going to see a healthy amount of snaps. Maybe not maybe not starter snaps, but I think he's going to be on the field enough there. Um, I like Eddie Vanderdoes going to the Raiders, and I have been on board with Montrevius Adams um, as a really good defensive tackle. EC and I have went round and round and round about that, but like Bill said, that's going to be a really nice fit. He's going to be a nice run clogger for them. Um, pushing up there. Uh, in terms of real football, Jordan Lewis going to the Cowboys—that's an excellent fit for them. He fills in a great need for them. Um, in terms of NFL or in terms of uh, IDP football, uh, I like Trey Hendrickson to the Saints. That's going to be a nice little fit for them, along with with Alec Anzalone. Uh, that's a nice couple of pieces of, that the saints have added on in a, in a draft where they desperately needed defensive help. They have went all in on that. And then I'm going to touch on Kendall Beckwith cause I am not his biggest fan. Um, I did not like his tape at all. Um, I did not see a guy who was, who was willing to give effort and chase guys across the field. I saw him just kind of standing around. Um, I didn't really like his tape very much. He's also hurt. He's got some type of a knee injury. I think it's an ACL. I'm not sure off the top of my head. And now he's going to go to a Buccaneers linebacking core that's absolutely loaded. Um, so he's going to get buried down the depth chart, and it's just not a good situation for him at all. So that is a pretty terrible fit, I would call that. So that's really not. That's really kind of a, a sour note to kind of end the night there.
0: <laughs> oh, we're not quite done yet.
6: Let's uh, we had just a
0: couple of more players that we didn't get covered at the top of what we're doing here. Uh, let's go back to Bill here for just a second. He was uh, he was he was singing the praises of Mister Henderson, Carlos Henderson, to the Broncos. Uh, Bill, t- talk a little bit about that fit and, and what you see in Henderson. And you're muted again. <laughs> Guys, guys listening, we've been doing this for six hours now, so give us a break. Yeah.
3: <laughs> it's late. Um, yeah, I think that Carlos Henderson is is uh you know, it's gonna be a little bit buried there uh because of who's in front of him. But I think that he's dynamic in space. He's got good hands, he can pluck the ball out of the air, he's physical, he's not afraid to take on contact, he's got above average wheels. I like him as more of a physical Greg Jennings. Uh, His route running, you know, not as good as Greg Jennings, but I think that that can be taught, that can be something that can be polished up. But I really like him as a tough-nosed guy that has above-average speed and grit and toughness, and I just think he's a really good fit there. So, I I I like him as a solid uh, guy with a wide receiver two uh, upside.
0: Chris Godwin. Uh, Nathan, I mean, he almost peed his pants when he ended up uh, ended up getting drafted by his Buccaneers. Not necessarily from as much from a fantasy perspective, I suspect, as a real-life perspective. But there might be room opening up in that offense in a year or two here. Obviously, Deshaun Jackson is no spring chicken. So, uh, Nathan, tell us why you love Chris Godwin.
5: Yeah, there are a number of ways to, to break this down. The first one being from a real football perspective – I think this is a tremendous move by the Bucks. They, they needed some depth in that wire receiver core. Having Adam Humphreys as your wire receiver three isn't exactly, you know, conducive to success. So I like the addition of Godwin from that perspective. Uh, the biggest winner f- from tonight is James Winston because he gets another weapon here. He he was without weapons. He, he was forcing the ball to Mike Evans more often than not. And that was bad for Evans because he was having to, you know, get these less than ideal targets and, Winston was throwing bad passes. But now with the addition of O.J. Howard in the first round and now Chris Godwin in the third, there's just so much depth in this receiving core that Winston's just going to have a lot of opportunity to throw the ball and throw the ball for, uh, you know, solid production. So for me, I, I love I love it for Winston from a, from a fantasy perspective. I think they're being passing the ball a lot. They haven't invested at the running back position like many people thought they would. Many people thought, okay, maybe Dalvin Cook in the first, maybe even Dalvin Cook in the second when he fell. But that didn't happen, so they're investing more so in the passing game than the running game. So I expect a high passing volume for Winston talking about Chris Godwin himself. I think that it's bad for him from a short-term perspective. I don't see him, you know, getting the targets to really be fantasy relevant in 2017 and possibly even 2018. He's that wide receiver three behind Deshaun Jackson and the, in the offense. But if we're going to talk about from a dynasty, you know, more down the line, three or four years down the road, I mean, it's tough to really find a better offense to go to from a long-term perspective. Jameis Winston, one of the best young quarterbacks in the NFL, with some of the uh, best young weapons with it, Mike Evans and OJ Howard around them. So uh, I really liked this move from a variety of ways, but the one, the one downside is that the short term upside with Goblin is limited, which will cause him to, to fall around to that two Oh one two O two range, which will make him worth that, that draft selection.
0: All right, I'm going to take Kareem Hunt myself here just to kind of finish off. Uh, the guy I kind of compared him to is C.J. Anderson, not just necessarily from a, a skill standpoint, but just the way they play football. Just a guy who doesn't necessarily uh, explode off, off of the film, not necessarily a guy that has great athleticism, but just a very good football player. I think falling to the Chiefs is about as good of a landing spot as you could have expected. I'm not looking at a future RB1 here, but I think that this that Hunt could definitely be a very nice RB2, somebody that you can get kind of at the, the end of the first, beginning of the second sort of thing in fantasy drafts and could give you nice production right out of the gate. So uh, he just fits the kind of profile of, of a running back I like, just a, a nice sort of a value play. The dispenser where gets hurt or moves on, uh it could even see uh, you know a little bit of an increase in value he can I, I believe that hunt can handle a little bit bigger load i don't know that he's ever going to be a 300 touch guy but uh really who is in this day and age outside of uh, the real big guns so that kind of recaps everything we have just three players we're going to hit real quick here that that went right at the end of the third round while we were doing our our, our recap there uh nick I was yeah, well Nick Dan I I think you guys are both kind of talking a little bit in the chat about uh CJ Bethard, who is apparently the next great quarterback for San Francisco 62219 out of Iowa. Nick go for it.
1: Yeah, I I think uh this is a reach uh for Iowa. Certainly, I mean, he's got uh he's got some arm strength um but his stats uh regressed his last year. Um, I think that he has some accuracy issues, especially when the pocket isn't clean for him and he doesn't reset well in the pocket. So he gets a little off balance and then has some bad accuracy. Um, pre-snap reads. Uh, I've seen him completely get hit uh, by a defender when you didn't expect them to, to be blitzing. Um, you know, Pocket presence, uh, multiple reads. There, there's lots of things he needs to work on to even get close to being an NFL starter. Fair enough.
0: I, I, it's it's been brought. Go ahead, Dan. You wanted to add to CJ here.
2: I was just going to say that he's he's a very, very deep developmental type guy. He he needs years under under the right coaching staff to to develop. But he does have the strong arm, and I you you see flashes of accuracy from time to time, and quickly going from receiver to receiver, and then on the very next play, he'll stay locked on to a guy. So he's inconsistent. I do say he has some good touch for a guy with his arm strength. He can feather a throw in over the linebackers, and and that's something that you look for when paired with the accuracy that he, that is inconsistent, but it is there at times.
0: All right, James Connor to the Steelers. Uh, kind of an interesting fit here. You know, they have obviously he's not he's not displacing Le'Veon Bell anytime soon. But I don't think anybody looks at Connor as as the type of guy that's going to be, you know, kind of uh, the every down sort of a running back anyway. He's much more of uh man, he's a big dude. 6'1", 233. He's just a load inside. And that's really what he is, right, guys? I mean – uh, this is kind of a goal line play, somebody that could maybe take some stress off of uh, Le'Veon Bell late in blowouts, which with the way Pittsburgh scores, there's going to be opportunities for that. A guy that you can just kind of give it to down the stretch to run the clock out. Is, is that what we see with James Conner?
4: Yeah, I mean, that landing spot, he's buried behind, you know, the, one of the best running backs in the NFL. So it's going to be hard for him to get any work. You know, if you look at like the snap percentages, when Le'Veon Bell was on the field and healthy and not suspended compared to guys like D'Angelo Williams, who played very well in in Le'Veon's absence, um, but they just weren't there. There was no snaps there. So I just don't think he's going to see the field at all. I like the player, what he does on the field. Um, he's so fun to watch. He just, he initiates contacts. He's so aggressive with the way he runs. Um, obviously the great story behind him. So there's a guy you want to root for, but um, unless Le'Veon gets suspended or, or they decide to not, uh, you know, actually sign him long-term, um, I mean, that's that's another angle. I guess we could talk about, you know, Le'Veon got franchise tagged. Um, are they going to be able to work out a deal? He wants to be paid, you know, <laughs> higher than running backs get paid today in today's NFL. So there's, I guess, there is a chance that he moves on next year. And in that case, then uh, Connor looks
0: pretty attractive. Is it, if he moves on? I mean, they, they have to bring somebody in. Connor can't. I mean, it's obviously not an every down guy. What happens if Bell goes down? What's his upside there too? That's kind of the other end of this conversation.
4: Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> I like him. He's not a pass catcher so per se. I think maybe he can do it. We just didn't see that much of it. So um, they would certainly bring in somebody else. You know, he's he's nowhere near Le- Le'Veon Bell in talent. Um, but but I think he could be the lead back in the committee for sure there.
0: Does anybody want to sell us on, on Mr. Connor, or do we want to talk about Amara Darbo? Amara Darbo it is. So Amara Darbo, wide receiver to the Seahawks who – kind of seem to excel at adding wide receivers in this area. And so far uh, it hasn't worked. I mean, it's it's basically Doug Baldwin and, and a, a handful of other guys there. There hasn't really been that second guy to step up and, and kind of compliment Baldwin. I know we kind of thought Lockett might be that guy, and now there's rumors that maybe his injury is potentially even career-ending or certainly at least career-altering. Uh,
2: do, do we have any kind of opinion that Darbo might step up and be that guy? I actually think the opposite. I, I I was a little bit surprised to even see him go in the third round. I thought he was a later round guy myself. And I, I, I had a lot of chances to watch Darbo. He has no suddenness in his game, no quickness in small spaces. He's not very strong at the top of his routes, doesn't change directions all that strongly. So he, it, it's a little bit surprising that the Seahawks would, would add him this high. To me, um, I think – maybe with, with a lot of work on his route running and, and with a little bit of work and, and get, at getting a little bit quicker, he could become a role player. But I don't know if he's going to make a big fantasy impact at any point, uh, at least soon. He's certainly their biggest receiver now, right? I mean, I guess Richardson might have
0: have uh, a height. I can't remember how tall Richardson is. I know he's very skinny. But maybe maybe he offers something there as well. Of course, they have Jimmy Graham in the red zone if they would ever throw him the damn ball.
2: Yeah, he's he's a powerful guy, and and uh, and, and he can kind of box out a little bit. He can be strong in the red zone and and a, around the first down marker. He, he's he's really savvy. He knows where the sticks are. So so he's got some things going for him. I just don't know if his game is going to transition to the to the pro game uh, because it it's boy it's hard to get open when you can't shake a defender.
0: All right, so it has come to my attention that I skipped Darius Stewart because I'm so tired. Uh, Matt, why don't you uh why don't you close off things here with our Darius Stewart and then we're going to do a little mock draft auction and then I'm going to bed. An
5: auction what the hell? Our mock draft <laughs> auction,
0: mock That's we're God. not going to bed for like 4 hours if we're auctioning. <laughs> All right guys, we have a we have a 24 team quarterback <laughs> auction coming up after that. So buckle in, boys. <laughs> oh crap. Where's your daughter? We need her uh, in here. Uh, she better be in bed. It's 10 after 9 here.
4: <laughs> um, our Darius Stewart, um, honestly, I think he plays bigger than Juju Smith does at you know about four inches and 15 pounds lighter than him. <laughs> um I I think if you want a slot receiver forget Curtis Samuels I think for for uh uh you know forget Juju forget Taewon Taylor forget Carlos Henderson give me our Darius Stewart I think he's more powerful than all those guys yeah um he's a better he's better with the ball in his hands I think than those guys um he bounces off linebackers he's just so physical I think he if you want to comp somebody to Anquan Bolden I think that's the guy there or maybe even a guy like Golden Tate something like that so um i I just i just think he's a better player than all of those guys and i think i'm going to take him
0: ahead of him in rookie drafts no time to argue it's late uh i see everybody just wanting to yell at matt so much right now if you want to listen to people (laughs) yell at matt for that take you can you can listen to the full the full thing go go to twitter we will all tweet out the link numerous times all right so two things i want to do first of all we're going to do a mock draft, not an auction. And then while, while we're going through this, why don't you guys take a minute and think about uh, who's left on the draft and maybe like an ideal landing spot. Everybody can maybe pick a player and say, hey, I want this guy to go there. So I'll give you a little bit of warning on that that kind of got sprung on me here by somebody in our in our chat. Um, what's the best way to handle this mock? Matt, I know that you've got your whole list written down. I don't know if other people have been that progressive. Maybe just, uh, maybe just start at the top and we can kind of argue picks as we go. I mean, the 101 has to be I don't know if it has to be. I think the popular pick here is going to be Corey Davis. Does anybody disagree with Davis at one hundred and one? No, no. Yeah, I, th- there are going to be people out there that do, and that's fine. Uh, just that nobody in here does. They're so just wrong. I,
2: I would like. I ag- agree I, that, that if you're if you are one of the guys that that don't like Corey Davis at one, you should be trying to trade down to one hundred and two because it's going to be close to consensus. If you ask me, that. I think he's going to be the one and one, and you should get something if you if you don't like him as the top guy, and you own that pick. I think you're going to have a lot of owners if they're running back
4: needy, which most fantasy owners are, dynasty owners are. Let's be honest. I think you're going to get a lot of those guys drafting Fournette based on need, but I think if they're being honest with themselves, I think Davis has got to be the guy.
0: Okay, speaking of Fournette, um, do we have anybody that's that doesn't have him at two? We got people with McCaffrey or somebody else there. I have mix in it too. You have mix in at two,
2: Bill. Yeah. I'm strongly considering putting Mix in at two. I okay. haven't done it just yet.
0: Very, I, And I think there's a fair argument to be made for that. I certainly understand people that, that shy away from it as well. Uh, okay, so then, then, of course, if you guys – well, let's let's do it this way. You guys have Mixon at two. Who do you have at three, Dan?
2: I have Williams at three.
0: Bill? Fournette. Fournette. Uh, so then I assume everybody else obviously had Fournette at two. Uh, out of the rest of you, does anybody not have McCaffrey at three? I would say not. Okay, so now is when it gets interesting. Obviously, uh, the 104 we have. I mean, anywhere from Williams to Mixon to Cook and play. Um, Matt, let's start with you. Who do you have at 104?
4: That's where I'm uh, comfortable taking Mixon after Fournette, Davis, and, and McCaffrey are off the board.
0: Okay, and so you 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 have uh, Mixon at four, and then what what are we doing with uh, with Cook and Williams? i've got
4: williams at five and cook at six i just don't like that landing spot for cook i do think he's a better obviously a way better player than latavius murray but i don't think they they paid the guy that much money if they're uh um
0: uh, not going to use him so i think it's going to be a timeshare there at least right. one. nathan why don't you give us your four five
1: six
5: uh cook for, cook four williams five Mixon six okay
1: uh nick hey guys <laughs> um, I have well, I haven't talked to in a while. Um, morning. I have Mike Williams at four, Joe Mixon at five, Dalvin Cook at six.
0: All right. Uh Bill, where do you want to go with this? Uh I've I've got
3: Williams, uh Cook, and John Ross.
0: You got Ross. So where does Mick uh you had well let's do this whole thing for you then. Who what is your full top six?
3: Uh we've got Corey Davis, Joe Mixon, uh Leonard Fournette. Christian McCaffrey, Mike Williams, uh, John Ross.
0: And then where does Cook fall for you? Oh, I'm sorry.
3: Cook Cook right before Ross.
0: Okay, so Cook six and then Ross seven. Okay, that was my confusion. Uh, Who are we missing? I guess we haven't done Doug or Dan. Dan, go ahead and run out your top six for us, and then we'll have Doug do his.
2: Well, currently I still have Davis at one, obvious one for me. I currently still have Fournette, Williams, Mixon, McCaffrey, then Cook. Okay, and Doug, round us off here.
6: I'm just going to go ahead and make the worst decision of my life and just copy off Nathan just because <laughs> I, have, I, have, I have run out of time and brain power to, to keep track of all these names. So. Uh, very
0: fair. <laughs> Doug, if you want to go to bed, buddy, you're yeah. so sure
6: welcome to. <laughs> Doug, can you answer this, though? Do you
4: still have Dalvin 101? Are you going with that okay. still?
6: I would probably still. It, like I said, in my home league where I own the 101 – I'm probably going to take Dalvin in that league much because like what Nick said, I think it was Nick that said it. um, I, or maybe it was you, Matt, uh, that I am a very running back needy team. Um, And so for me, that was basically, I, I, I I'm looking at running backs there and I looked at different types of landing spots. uh, And for me, Cook is the guy for that fits that fits most of my criteria. Fair enough, Doug.
0: Doug, do you want to do the back half of the first round, or you just want to go nine nine?
6: <laughs> I want to go nine
0: nine. All right, buddy. Hey, listen, listen, <laughs> man. Uh, you were fantastic tonight. This has been a very long night, and you brought serious IDP knowledge. Where can people find you on Twitter?
6: I am at Big Board IDP on Twitter, and then you can always find all of our stuff um, at DLF. And then I will plug the Read and React DLF IDP podcast that Bill runs. Um, So that we can, you know, we are going to be doing a large roundtable IDP mock. I believe we're going to be doing that Tuesday night. We'll record that Tuesday. Probably will be out sometime this week. So if you are into that kind of thing, we are bringing the entire squad together.
0: My friend, thank you so much for everything tonight. You've been fantastic. Get some sleep. Thank you, boys. Love you, Doug. (laughs) All right, so let's do this to kind of finish things off a little bit here. Uh, Nathan, why don't you go ahead and just list off the rest of your first round. We'll go around the table. We'll get through things with the mock, and uh, we'll kind of polish stuff off here. So start us off here, buddy.
5: All right, we'll go seven Juju. We'll go – wait, yeah, seven Juju, eight Ross, Uh, nine Howard, ten Joku, eleven – We'll just go 11 Ingram and I don't know who else for
0: 12. Fair enough. Uh, Nick, you want to run your first round off for us?
1: Uh, 107 Ross, 108 Ingram, 109 Howard, 110 Zay Jones, 111 Kamara, 112 Kareem Hunt. Wow. See, bringing a little bit of,
0: bringing a little flavor for us. Uh, Bill, what do you got for us, buddy?
3: Uh, I'm 7, uh, Kamara, 8, uh, Juju, 9, Howard, 10, Ingram, 11, Foreman, 12, Joku.
0: I like that you have Foreman still in your top 12. I appreciate that. Dan.
2: 7, Smith-Schuster, 8, Howard, 9, Ingram, 10, Zay Jones, 11, Kamara, 12, Hunt.
0: And last but not least, Mr. Price. I got
4: seven, O.J. Howard. Number eight, Evan Ingram. Number nine, John Ross. Number 10, Kareem Hunt. 11, David Njoku. And 12, Cooper
2: Cup. <laughs> Over Juju's new <yet> start. <laughs> <laughs> the most
5: BS NFL podcast I've ever freaking heard. Uh,
2: that's,
0: <laughs> that's that amazing. was just for you, Nathan, obviously. Uh, okay, does anybody have I I know I didn't give you much notice and we were listening off our rankings there. Does anybody have uh a remaining player in an ideal fit you want to throw out there?
2: I I'm I have an ideal position to to fit and it's going to sound kind of cliche, but it's it's whoever the Packers take at, at, as a running back in, in on day 3. I I'm interested to see who they get. There's a there's a whole pile of them whether they were to get P or Mac, even uh Wayne Goleman would just be a dream for me uh that'd be awesome I, I'm really interested to see who Ted Thompson and the, and the Packers brass value as as that deep guy at, at running back that they can get some use out of we might even see it right away tomorrow uh with the top pick in the fourth round make
5: Nichols the Green Bay please
2: that's my. that's <laughs> yes, not bad
4: I was going to say P. Ryan, um, but, yeah, I, I, I don't, I'd be fine with Miniticals, too. You
0: guys are dumping all over
4: my time Montgomery love. <laughs> I
0: mean, I, I know, guy, I know it's coming. I, yeah, I know it's coming. I understand that they have to draft somebody, and, and I'm, you know, it is what it is.
2: The other um, name that I'm interested in seeing at, at quarterback is Nathan Peterman. I'd like to see where he ends up. Hopefully he, he goes somewhere where he can sit behind a veteran and, and learn a little bit. I think he has a little bit of an upside in the long term.
1: Mr. Whalen? How about Katie Cannon to Green Bay? Ooh,
2: that's an interesting I'd rather, one. Too. rather have Josh Reynolds.
0: Is it, Are we just talking about the idea of Cannon, Nick? Or are you just looking at, uh, I, I mean, obviously he's not replacing Jordy. There's a, a size difference amongst other things. You're just looking for somebody else that can help stretch the field and open things up?
1: Correct. Yeah. I mean, I really like Katie Cannon's game more than I think the average person. I think there's more than just speed. I think he has a bigger catch radius than giving credit for better route runner than giving credit for Um, it. He needs to get become more consistent. But in that offense, they do need speed to open everything up. And we saw that when Jordy wasn't really himself early in the season. And you don't want that to happen post Jordy, you know, so Adams and Cobb, if he's still there, can work underneath.
0: Anybody else have anything to add before we give out some Twitter handles? Yeah,
3: there's three guys that I really am interested to see where they land. That I think wherever they land, the teams are going to get some good football players. Gerard Evans, is, I think, I think is a great late round quarterback flyer. I really like uh, his production. I like his tools, his metrics. Uh, I think that you know when you're when you're talking about day three guys, uh, the the upside ceiling for him as a quarterback is great. I love Josh Reynolds as a wide receiver. I think that that uh, whoever lands him is going to be getting a really, really solid wide receiver prospect with all the tools. And uh, a guy that intrigues me as, as a, a day three candidate at running back, Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones is a guy that I like quite a bit that I think can round out a roster and carve out a role somewhere uh, as well.
0: Good stuff, my friend. All right. Uh, I don't have everybody's Twitter handles memorized, so let's go around the table one time here. You guys can give a little plug uh nick you are i think i know you you're at underscore nick whalen whalen with an h correct all right dan uh underscore d no no underscore Is d myler 22 you got it buddy uh, i got you down myler m-e-y-l-o-r i can't i can't do the rest of you guys i only can do them because i've hosted podcasts with them so uh, matt what's what what's your twitter handle at m pricer m pricer nathan at N powell FF. and mr latin Bill Latin, pretty tough. There you go. We've already had Doug did a really nice plug for the IDP podcast. You can catch Nick and Dan and Matt uh, in varying combinations along with our friend George. Well, (laughs) not my friend, but whatever. Uh, On the DLF podcast every week with me making the very occasional appearance when they let me out of my crypt. And then, of course, you can hear Nathan along with uh, Dan yo. And uh, Eric Bert's laugh I love butchering his name. And Eric Burtz laugh on the Dino Tradecast over on RotoVis Radio. It's a it's a fun podcast. So be sure to catch that one too. Boy, oh boy, what a long night. Uh, I'm tired. I'm going to bed. Thank you for listening, and uh, we'll catch you soon.